You're listening to episode 224 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today we are talking about the shit that internet marketers will not tell you. (laughs) Because that's what I'm all about is the no bullshit. uh, I am a very direct human. And that really comes through on this podcast too. I think that this is why I have a podcast because A, I can't seem to stop talking and I just seem to have a lot to say. Um, But I also just really want to always give you this sort of little bit behind the scenes of both life and business because I think that it's really important. Otherwise, that's how so many of us end up feeling alone Um, or as though we're the only person who is experiencing something or we, we don't understand how it looks like everyone else is so successful in all these different areas and we feel like a wreck. Uh, we're, we're struggling and, and we just think that everybody else has it all together. And it's very easy to feel that way, especially in the online space, because all we're seeing is the beautiful glossy photos and, and whatever. And it's, it's really easy to end up being triggered by that because we're like, okay, but how are they doing it? And I can't, well, I'm here to tell you that there's a lot that you don't hear about. And it's taken me years in the online space to figure this out. I did not go into the online space knowing these things. This is what I have seen from years being in business in the online space, attending events, talking to different people, working with different coaches, and really finally kind of seeing some of the puzzle pieces that go on in the back end that don't get talked about on Instagram. Okay, so we're going to be going into this a lot today. (laughs) Uh, One thing that I did want to let you know about is that I am still offering uh, a handful. I have a few spots left of my 21 day business coaching. So this is something that I just started recently. I'm really excited about it because I found that some people with with everything that's gone on with the global situation this year, committing to a six or 12 month program, not only, um, it just seemed like a big commitment for a lot of people because the world is changing so fucking fast right now. (laughs) And yet I know that so many people are looking to take massive action, massive, massive action. So this is really, really special. And I'm really excited about this coaching. What happens is we actually get on a call for 90 minute intensive together. And then that is followed by 21 days of Voxer support. So text, voice message, all of those things. And you and I are going to be working together very closely to come up with some major strategies and actionable steps for you to start taking immediately in your business. Uh, this is really big. And the other thing that I want to mention here is that I take a very holistic approach to business because if your life, if you have shit going on in your life, that's going to be reflective in your business and vice versa. And both have to work in conjunction the way I see it, because it, it can't just be about the money at the end of the day. You know, you can have, you can be sitting on piles of cash (laughs) if you really want to, but if you feel like your life is shit, then what's the point? 
So it has to come from a more holistic approach. And that's the, the approach that I've always taken with my clients. I just tend to, I feel like in the past, for some reason, I, I haven't really actually talked about that more openly. I don't really know why, because I certainly talk openly about a lot of things on this podcast, but that is any of my clients will tell you, I actually have a, an upcoming podcast episode um, that is a coaching call that I did with one of my clients. We were not, I was not planning on airing it as a podcast episode, but um, it was so profound for her um, that I asked her permission and, and she has agreed to uh, have me air it as a podcast episode. So you're going to get a little bit behind the scenes of what it's like to actually be in a coaching situation with me. Um, but yeah, so this is by application only because I, to work this closely with somebody, I need to know that we're going to be a good fit, both for your sake and for mine, because I don't want to waste anybody's time. I don't want to waste my time and I need to make sure that we're on the same page. So the application is all linked up in the show notes. You can jump over there to check it out and, or you can go to roomtogrowpodcast.com. All the information will be over there for you to check out. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about some of the things that internet marketers do not share with you, with you. <laughs> And let me tell you, the list is long. I had to kind of narrow it down here. And, and these are things that, you know, I, I do talk about some of these things here and there, but I wanted to sort of compile a lot of this into one episode because there are some things that I've come across more recently, maybe in the last year or so, uh, you know, attending certain events and, and learning from certain coaches and just seeing some of the back end pieces that go on in, in people's businesses. And I want to share this with you. I want to lay, lay the cards out and pull the curtain back because you deserve to know the full scope of things. Okay. Some of the things that you don't hear about, I mean, for one thing, a lot of people don't end up talking about some really costly mistakes that they make. And I've had the pleasure of working with a couple, uh, really fantastic coaches and even just had some, some amazing, amazing mentors who have been very open about the costly mistakes that they've made. And I think that that's really powerful to see that because, and, and to hear about it, because when you don't hear about it again, it, it just looks like everything just appears like magic. And that's not how this works. Most people I know who have gotten to where they are have made very costly mistakes along the way. I have too. I, I've absolutely made costly mistakes along the way, like financially costly mistakes. And I want you to know that this is not just, and, and I will have more uh, on that in, in upcoming episodes, but I want you to know that sometimes shit happens. And it doesn't just look as, as pretty as it does on Instagram. Sometimes there's a lot of tears be, behind the scenes. There's a lot that goes on. Um, one idea actually that, uh, it, for anyone who hasn't been following this podcast for very long, you, you may not, um, know, but, uh, my friend, Christina Montalvo, my best friend, she and I are biz besties. We are real life besties, besties in, in all, all the senses of the word. And she came up with this brilliant, I think absolutely brilliant idea that, one day, very soon, we are going to record one of our conversations, just our regular conversations, not a podcast episode, just our regular conversation. And we're going to end up airing it maybe six months or a year from now so that you can hear a real life conversation between the two of us, because we can talk for hours. She and I can jump on the phone for hours. And we want you to hear some of the actual back end, behind the scenes, gritty, bullshit <laughs> we have to work through within ourselves and like help each other work through in order to make business work. And I, we want you to, to know this. Now, the thing is, is that, you know, it, it, we need to not necessarily air it in real time as, as what we're discussing is 
working itself out, you know, more publicly in our businesses. But we're thinking in the next like six months or so, we will end up airing one of those conversations that we'll probably end up recording very soon um, so that you can hear that because I think that it's really, really powerful for you to be able to hear that. And I've never heard another podcast episode quite like that before. So we're really excited about that. And, and I think that's going to be um, hopefully very helpful for, for you to hear. Something else that internet marketers don't tell you is about their ad spend. So things like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, a lot of marketers will just share some splashy number on social media where they're like, Hey, this launch, I made six figures. I made seven figures. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever the dollar value that sounds great, but how much did they spend on ads? How much did they spend on ads? And I have to tell you, I went to an event, um, months ago and it was with, uh, you know, there, there were some major names in, in the industry there in the internet industry. And a couple of them were doing breakdowns of their seven figure and, and multi actually multi seven figure launches. And they were giving the breakdown in terms of, they were even talking about, you know, how many people they had to bring onto their team to make this launch happen. How, how much they spent on ads, um, how much it, and, and by ads, I don't even just mean the ads during the launch itself. It's ads that would sometimes start running for this particular launch six months in advance to start building things up, to build up that runway for the launch. And then how much they would spend on affiliates. So let me quickly break down what an, what an affiliate is in case you're not familiar. And I, I'm actually also going to be doing an upcoming episode specifically on affiliate marketing because I do use uh, some affiliate marketing, but a very small amount right now. I, I will probably do more in the future, but I think that it's a really powerful way to potentially build your audience and, and build your income. And it, it, it's an amazing tool. It's an absolutely amazing tool. But I still want you to know the back end of what this looks like. So what happens with an affiliate is let's say you have an online digital course, okay? Then you end up coordinating with someone else in the online space who aligns well with your brand. I talk about this a lot, um, at least for me personally, this is what I teach my students is that you have to bring people on who align really, really well with your brand. Um, and I have multiple episodes I will reference here that you can go back and, and, uh, listen to, to learn a little bit more about that side of things and, and building relationships and stuff. But you bring somebody on as an affiliate. What that means is, is that your affiliate is going to sell your course for you to their own audience in exchange for a commission. So usually in the online space, it can, that commission can vary, but sometimes it's anywhere between 30 to 50%. But I find that more typically these days, it's usually 50%. So let's say that you're selling, um, a course for 500 bucks, then your affiliate would get $250 of that. Okay. And again, I will go into more detail about some of the back end stuff about this and how to do affiliate marketing in a really great, like successful way in, in an upcoming episode. But I had no idea when, when these, these massive, you know, launches were being broken down, I, I knew from a more outside perspective that all of these big names had affiliates. I knew that. And a lot of the affiliates that they were using also had massive audiences. So I knew again, logically, I knew that a big portion of what they make on their launch was coming in through affiliates. Okay. But what they don't talk about 
is what that actually looks like in terms of dollar values. Because for one thing, these multi seven figure launches that I was seeing the breakdown of, the total amount that they made, the, the gross amount that they made, by the way, which is uh, as opposed to net. So this was like the, the gross dollar values were multi seven figures. And of that, anywhere between 70 to 85% of that amount that they made on their launch, the, the gross amount, came in from affiliates. That knocked my socks off. I knew that, that, you know, these people had big name affiliates, but I had no idea that that percentage, like that, that much of a percentage of the, the amount that they brought in from launches came from affiliates. That was huge. That was incredibly eye-opening to me. And that's also amazing, by the way, like that's just one more sign as to what an incredible tool affiliate marketing can be. So like, let that inspire you as well. But I also just want you to understand that it takes a village sometimes. And this is not the case for every internet marketer by any stretch of the imagination. But sometimes when you're hearing about these massive, massive launches, these are one of the things that you're not hearing about. You may know that they have affiliates, but you may not realize just how much of that launch dollar value wise is coming in from affiliates. And there is some of these, these, you know, big, like seven and multi seven figure launches can involve spending tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on ads. Uh, the, the team to manage it, um, even just a, a lot of times with these really big affiliate, um, affiliate based launches, there's also a huge expectation of having significant cash bonuses for said affiliates as well. So that that adds a little bit of extra, you know, you're giving extra motivation to your affiliates to really, really sell for you. Because sometimes they'll end up making five or, or six figures as a cash bonus that you give them in some of these, these huge launches in order to inspire them and push them a little bit more to, to sell for you. So my first question as I was hearing this full breakdown was, well, how, how much did you actually walk away with at the end of it then? And I need you to think about this. And I'm going to get into this a little bit more um, in a few minutes about like critical thinking in the online space and stuff. But when you hear about these huge, huge launches, you need to also think about the other side of it, which is how much money did, did they have to output in order to bring that much in? So sure, yeah, they, they might have made, I don't know, three, four million dollars. But how much did they make at the end of the day? How much actually got deposited into their bank account? By the time you remove all of those layers, you may have only made, you know, anywhere between $250,000, $400,000. And, you know, after you've paid taxes on it and all of that stuff, paid out your affiliates for the 50% the commission, all of these things, that has to be accounted for. So, yeah, it sounds amazing when we hear about, oh, wow, like they made $2.5 million great. I'm more interested in how much actually landed in their bank account. How much did they actually walk away with at the end of the day? And don't get me wrong. <laughs> those, if it, you're making like 250 to $500,000 or, or whatever. That's amazing. A seven figure launch is amazing. Even if that is the, the gross amount, as opposed to the net amount, incredible. Those are incredible results. 
But I still want you to think about things a little bit more critically and look at the, the bigger picture here. Because a lot of times these big numbers are dropped because they want you to be looking at the big shiny number as opposed to focusing on, okay, but what did you have to spend and output to get there? Not to mention your energy, your time, your effort, all of that. Clearly, like that's, that's also part of the equation. It, to me, again, this comes back to the life business balance. If it's going to cost me re personal relationships, uh, my happiness, uh, all of my sleep, like my health, that is not worth a seven figure launch to me. That's not worth it. This is why I take a more holistic approach to designing not only a business that you love, but a life to go with the business. Because you have to have both. That balance has to be there. But these are some of the things that are not being discussed. Something else as well is that this happens so often in the online space is that sometimes I feel as though when we see a lot of the, these uh, online digital marketers and stuff, we're almost trying to not just buy their product, but to buy into a lifestyle. And one example of this that made me super uncomfortable about my own brand was I was actually living in Bali. I lived in Bali for eight months. And while I was there, uh, this actually happened two weeks before the pandemic hit. I, I, I knew that I was going to be coming back to Canada for a short period, it had nothing to do with the pandemic because I didn't even know the pandemic was happening at that point. Uh, it was a planned trip back to Canada. And it just so happened that the day after I landed, literally 24 hours after I landed, the pandemic got called and then the entire world shut down basically overnight. <laughs> so it was a planned trip to Canada, but I wasn't planning on staying here for this long. Um, so I've kind of been here ever since, obviously, but I, I was living in Bali for eight months and I shot this amazing, amazing video footage, um, with this incredible friend of mine, uh, who I will reference in the show notes that you can go check her out. Her name is Sam. She's just amazing. And I was going to do a big release of the final edited video. And it was about podcasting and, and my story and all of that stuff. And, but I've never done a big launch of it. And I actually kind of very quietly released it, just placing it on my podcasting for impact sales page, my, my course, uh, podcasting for impact, because it just felt weird because I'm also currently in Canada. I'm not currently traveling anywhere, Bali or otherwise, because of the current circumstances. And it just really felt insensitive to what's going on in the world for me to do some big release of like, Oh, look at me in Bali, even though, Hey, I'm actually here in Canada and am grounded here right now. <laughs> Like it just felt bizarre, but I've always been really uncomfortable with the idea of selling a lifestyle because that's not what I'm trying to market. I happen to have the privilege of often traveling to beautiful places, but my intention is to teach you how to create the lifestyle that you want of your own design to go with your business, not to dangle Bali or some other exotic location in front of people's faces and say, Hey, buy this thing I sell. So you can go to Bali too. That is not what I'm about. But I see a lot of marketers doing this and it feels really fucking slimy, really fucking slimy. Because not only is that not, you know, that, that tra travel, like digital nomad, whatever lifestyle is not the right fit for everyone. It's also just not necessarily possible for, for every single person on the planet. And then 
I just always want people, I just want to, to reach out and say to people, like, just acknowledge your privilege. Just acknowledge your privilege that you were able to do this. And yes, I'm not denying the hard work that it takes to be able to do that. But that's also just not the right choice for everyone either. And you need to ask yourself this. When you're looking at, at people online and you're maybe looking to, to buy their products or work with them, whatever, amazing. Just make sure, are you trying, like, like ask yourself this, are you trying to buy into someone else's lifestyle? You need to be living life by design, by your design and creating your business from that standpoint. And I mean, here, I'll just, <laughs> and I've actually come up with a podcast episode about this as well um, that I'll reference in the show notes, but there are also downsides of traveling all the time. As one example, there's all kinds of downsides to traveling all the time. And yes, like I, I have considered it to be worth it up until this point. Uh, but there are downsides that often are not discussed. And I constantly want to make sure that I'm acknowledging my immense privilege that I'm able to travel again outside of current circumstances and that I'm able to work from home, um, wherever home is, you know, at, at one day to the next, which is especially also relevant given the current global situation. And I have a wide variety of other privileges in life including white privilege. I have thin and, and fit privilege. I come from a middle-class background and, and socioeconomic status. I am from a country that is looked upon favorably by most other places in the world. I could go on all day. I have incredible privileges from all different areas, but most people will not acknowledge that. They'll dangle the lifestyle and they'll say, Hey, if you buy this thing, then you can have this. And sometimes that is really slimy. That's really slimy. So I just want to encourage you to be looking for stuff like that. People will often monetize their identities as well through, I find the overshare personally, it, it's often through overshare of, of their own lives on social media. And sometimes that can be from a place of fear on the part of, of whoever the marketer is, whoever the, the business person is. Because I think that they're believing the lie that you have to let people into every single aspect of your life in order to be successful. That is not true. Boundaries are absolutely necessary. And I have multiple episodes on this. I've talked about this a lot. Um, one of the biggest things that I teach my clients is when sharing stories, there's a very distinct line between share versus overshare. And if you don't find that line for yourself, you're going to go from being in your discomfort zone about sharing some stuff that is, is quite vulnerable to you to flat out being uncomfortable, which is a big difference. There's a big difference between the discomfort zone and being straight up uncomfortable and going, oh my God, what have I done? And once you put it on the internet, you can't take it back. So you can check out episode 207 for more about that with um, the power of storytelling and, and how to share your story, but you need to have boundaries because anyone who is sharing every single detail of their life online or, or sharing too much of their life online, you are then creating the expectation within your audience that they will get to be in on every detail of your life. And when you don't deliver, shit's going to hit the fan and you can actually harm your personal brand, not to mention the weight of those expectations from your audience are brutal. That, that's a privacy issue. And it's up to you to set those boundaries about what you will share and what you will not share. 
a couple other episodes I'm going to reference here. Uh, episode 118 about the dark side of social media and stalking. There's, I go into some really significant detail on that one about some personal experiences that I've had with uh, being tracked to an unhealthy degree online and how it affected my mental health and some tips that you can use to be more protective of what you share versus what you don't share. Um, there's also episode 138 about the weight of expectations and attaching to outcomes as well. But the thing is, is that when it comes to what we share online, there's, you know, we'll talk a lot about that, that curated look on, on Instagram, but curated doesn't necessarily mean that everything looks perfect. Curated can also mean that it's curated to look imperfect, but like perfectly imperfect. Does, does that make any sense? <laughs> like looking perfectly imperfect, so-called on IG stories, like, you know, you've got the messy bun or you're wearing sweats or whatever, but everything is still kind of like very carefully placed. Uh, maybe, maybe somebody is like dropping hints about things that are going wrong in, in their business while not actually explaining the full picture. This is a dance. Like this is a really fine line because you're probably going, okay, but you just said like share versus overshare and having boundaries, but then what do we share? And, and this is the thing, this is going to look so individual to each individual person. And I don't have an exact formula to this because it's going to vary widely depending on your comfort level and what you want to share online, what you are willing to share and what you actually want to share. It's going to look so different for everybody depending on your comfort level, but you need to play around with this a little bit and to, again, like kind of question not only yourself and how you're showing up, but to question what you are seeing show up on your own feed from everyone else that you follow. And ask yourself who feels genuine or not. I have an episode about that too, <laughs> about being genuine in the online space and how it has never been more important to show up in a genuine way because people can sense that shit. People can sense it. It's actually incredible to me. And, and once you start paying attention to that, you can tell who is showing up in a genuine way and who isn't. You can feel it. You can absolutely feel it. But you won't if you're just taking everything in the online space at face value without any sort of critical thinking whatsoever. Let's talk about financial literacy for a minute too. So again, I have more episodes coming up on this <laughs> because I think it's really, really important. But just one example of financial literacy is to know the difference between profit and revenue. And if you're scratching your head wondering what that means, I get it. <laughs> there have been many times where I have not been nearly as financially literate as I would like to be, and I am still doing work in that area as well. But just as an example here, I was, I was recently asked to sign a contract to bring on an affiliate, um, and they wanted me to sign a contract about how much of a commission I would pay them based off of the profit. That was the wording in the contract, was the profit. And my red flags immediately went up and I had to email them asking for clarification and ask them to change the wording to revenue. And these are the kinds of things that if you don't know the difference, it could really harm you because profit is what you make after all of your expenses have been paid for. So when I was talking about those big, like seven figure launches where, uh, you know, they're, they're making however much, 2.5, 3, $4 million, but they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on ads and the team to manage the launch and, um, paying taxes and paying out their affiliates and 
prizes for affiliates, all of those things. The profit is what you make after the fact. So the revenue is the whatever the dollar the dollar value is that they brought in. The the let's just say two million dollars. Okay, that's the revenue that they brought in from their course sales or whatever it is they're selling. Two million dollars is the revenue. The profit is what gets deposited into their bank account after they've paid for everything else. That's the profit. But if you don't know the difference, that could really harm you. If I had signed that contract when it still said um, profit, I then I would end up paying them far more than the 50% agreed upon commission that we had discussed. Potentially, potentially. But then that also made me question, do they not know the difference between profit and revenue? <laughs> like that was actually my question as well, because this is an affiliate who, you know, seemed to kind of know what they were doing in the online space. And I didn't know if it was an accident that they had put that in the contract or if it was intentional. And that alone set off my red flags, even if, you know, the actual wording itself hadn't been the issue. I was like, if they don't know the difference, that may be a problem. And if they do know the difference and they intentionally switch the wording, hoping that I wouldn't catch it, that's super slimy and that's gross. So yeah, that's, that's a bit of an issue. And I'm actually bringing on my own lawyer onto the podcast to talk about some of the ways that you need to protect yourself in business, especially in the online space. But you can also reference episode 215. Uh, again, I'm throwing a lot of episode references at you. I will reference all of them in, in the show notes in one tidy little list. So you don't have to worry about uh, remembering all these. But episode 215 is all about how to vet people and brands to work with. And I go into greater detail there about uh, why I am not working with certain brands, why I have let some go. Um, yeah, I, I go into more detail about that. One example, it was, it's funny, I, the day I'm recording this, uh, this actually happened and I quickly added it, jotted it into my notes because I didn't want to forget to, to mention it. So some guy pops into my DMs today. He has 12,000 followers. I've never heard of him before. <laughs> he has 12,000 followers and he sends me a DM asking me to do a video interview for him. And I'm immediately suspicious because <laughs> not only does his response feel very canned, like it felt like a copy and paste sort of thing, but as he messaged me, he had just gone and, and liked my previous nine photos in a row. So not even like picking and choosing the ones that he necessarily really liked. He literally just did like one main scroll through and just like, 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 liked like my previous nine photos with zero other engagement. So no comments. He's clearly not reading the captions, which if you follow me on Instagram, I'm over at Emily Goff Coach. I usually have quite a bit of, of meat and potatoes in my captions. Like I, I put a lot of effort into my captions. They're like mini blog posts. He doesn't even follow me. And then after all of those red flags come up for me, I then realize that he only has nine Instagram posts. And the first one of which was only posted two weeks ago, <laughs> which means that since he now magically has 12,000 followers, that means that virtually all of his followers are likely purchased and that they're bots. So needless to say, I will not be doing a, an inter a video interview for him. <laughs> But these are the kinds of tools that I want you to have at your disposal so that you can quickly make decisions and be decisive without wasting time on the bullshit in the online space. And to stop chasing the golden carrots and falling for the shiny shit. I have had a lot, a lot of seemingly massive opportunities fall into my lap. 
more so actually than many of my closest peers in the industry. I, I'm not sure why that is. I, I'm really not. Um, but I was talking to, to one of my peers in the industry the other day and she even commented about it. She's like, you've had like these like, crazy, ridiculous, like opportunities land in, in your lap. And it, it just, it's, it's kind of weird that like, there's been so many. And I'm like, I know, cause I don't go seeking these things. Like they literally just seem to fall into my lap sometimes, but nearly every single one of them either didn't work out or in most cases, <laughs> I ended up turning them down because I knew 100% they were not the right fit. I'm going for long-term longevity here. I'm not going for short-term one hit wonder and you should be doing the same. Um, there's, there's a couple different, uh, situations that I can reference. And again, I've got some more episodes about this. There was a former good morning, morning America reporter who reached out to me, wanted me to write for her massive, massive platform. I turned it down, uh, for reasons that I go into, um, in an episode that I will reference. And there's, there's other stories. There's other stories. There's other episodes. Again, go check out the, the episodes I've got, um, listed in, in the references, because I think that that will give you a, a really more broad picture about all of this. And I don't want to, uh, to re-explain all of them on, on this episode, but I know it's hard to stop chasing the golden carrots because we all want that magic button. We, we, what is it? The easy button for staples? <laughs> we want the easy fix. We, we want the part that skips steps and any entrepreneur or business owner who will try to dangle that in front of your nose they're lying to you. They're telling you like, this is the magic button. This is the thing that will take you like zero to hero overnight. A, a friend of mine was looking to hire a business coach a couple of years ago. And she sent me, uh, this, this woman's details to ask for my opinion. So the, <laughs> I want to point out, she asked for my opinion. I, I try to make it a practice that I try not to offer my opinion unless it's asked for. <laughs> so she asked for my opinion. I'm like, okay. So I go check out the sales, the sales page. And this, this coach basically did offer, um, she was basically guaranteeing that you would go from like zero to six figures within, I can't remember if it was like four months or something, six months, maybe tops. And I, my, again, my red flags immediately went up. And, and I said that to, to my friend because they said it just, no one can make that kind of guarantee. It can happen, but I don't trust any coach who makes that kind of guarantee because no coach can make that guarantee because you are the one, you, the, the person purchasing the product or, or the service or whatever, you are the one who has to do the work. And even if you pour every ounce of yourself into that, there's no guarantee on that. So anyone who's going to try to guarantee me that kind of shiny object I'm a little suspicious of that because it's just not smart, to be honest. And I'm not saying that you can't build a business with ease. I'm saying that while you can still bring ease into the equation, there's still going to be some periods of hustle and hard work and shit going wrong, technology failing, being impatient as fuck <laughs> and up at midnight trying to fix an issue going, what the hell have I done? And should I just go get a job already? <laughs> Trust me, that's going to happen. <laughs> and that's normal. That is normal. But all of this is kind of coming down to this one main theme, which is that I want you to think critically. I want you to think for yourself. 
especially in the online space, and to not take every single thing that gets dropped in front of you at face value. Stop buying into every damn thing. And we all have, have different strengths and we all have different weaknesses. But I also never want you to put anyone up on a pedestal either. And, and I talk about this a lot and I, I also teach my clients this as well, that in order to, in my mind, be a, a good coach and frankly, just a, a decent human, I'd never want to talk down at anyone. I, and I never want anyone to put me up on a pedestal that I want no part of. I don't want any part of the pedestal. I am no better than you in any way. Even if I happen to be maybe a little bit farther ahead from you uh, than you in, in one area, like, I don't know, maybe you have three podcast episodes and I have over 200. Okay, I'm a little farther ahead in that area. But I guarantee you, I'm likely behind you in about 27 other areas. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it, I'm no better than anyone. And I want no part of the pedestals and you shouldn't either. Except that, you know, there, and, and I, I kind of say this about being a, a little farther ahead or a little farther behind, except that there is actually no ahead or behind. It's just your own journey. And I want you to be so fucking confident and certain in yourself and trusting of yourself that you can think critically and discern what works for you and what doesn't. Are the people that you are looking to work with, are they, are they focused on the money only too? Is that the only thing they ever talk about? Because that's sexy, but I want more than that. It has to come down to values. Do you know the values of the people that you, you are or that you want to work with? And sustainable growth. This is what I want you to look at. And this is part of thinking critically. When you are looking at, at some of these people in the online space, look at the growth that they're building and ask yourself if it's sustainable. And if you were able to build that kind of growth, would that be sustainable in your own life? Because fast growth isn't always efficient. In fact, it often isn't efficient most of the time. For just as one example, my, my coach, uh, my fitness coach, um, he's amazing. And he creates all of my programming based on being able to lift heavy and move functionally for life, not be able to quickly get to a heavy deadlift, get injured and not be able to lift again. That's not what I'm going for here. You have to build something for you, for yourself. And what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. I told a client the other day that you can't just pander to what people, what you think people want from you either. Because she was kind of debating about this, this new um, product that she, a couple of new products that, that she was thinking about coming up with. And she was trying to ask herself, you know, what would my audience want and, and all that. And I agree, those are important questions. And those are things that, that we cover here on the podcast sometimes as well. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to check in and with yourself and ask yourself if your ideas are, are in full alignment for you. You have to be excited and pumped to show up rather than picking some arbitrary number out of a hat, like in terms of dollar values or in terms of um, creating a, a course or something or pouring yourself into something that you actually don't necessarily have that much interest in, but it's because your audience wants it. Like that's just coming out of fear and scarcity that the people that you have who are currently following you won't give a shit if you come out with something that's a little bit different from that. And again, we're going for longevity here. What do you want to be doing in the long term? 
And I understand that fear because when I switched from nutrition, holistic nutrition to podcasting and business coaching, I had a lot of that fear and I had a lot of resistance to switching to podcasting business coaching because I thought, well, I'm just going to piss people off. Like these people have been following me for this specific reason for nutrition and stuff. And if I suddenly say, Hey, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to lose people. Bye. Say goodbye to them. It's okay. And this is part of trusting yourself because when you start doing the things that are in full alignment for you, the right people are going to find you. Yeah, it might take a little bit longer than you want it to, but it's going to happen. If you're putting in the work and if you are in full alignment and you are, are just loving what you're doing, the right people will end up finding you. It's going to happen. So I want you to trust that a little bit while also thinking more critically about what you're seeing in the online space. And that's really ultimately the point of this entire episode is I want you to start thinking critically about this because there's so much fucking shiny shit in the internet, so much shiny shit. And I want you to get really clear on your own values and trusting your gut instinct and really taking a hard look at some of the things that you're seeing and asking yourself, is that even what you want? Because it might not be. Again, we get all these shiny carrots dangled in front of us and it's held up as the ultimate lifestyle, the ultimate business, the ultimate goal. And maybe those aren't your goals and that's okay. But that's part of thinking critically and thinking for yourself. Okay. So I went on longer than intended on this one. <laughs> I wasn't actually intending on going for this long. So uh, just make sure to make sure to apply for the 21 day business coaching that I'm offering. So excited about this, you guys. It's awesome. Uh, it's just, I, I have an absolute blast and I love being able to work this closely with people because I don't offer a lot of coaching that is this high access. This is actually by far the most high access coaching I've ever offered. Um, you and I are going to be chatting directly, uh, like every day on, on Voxer and all that stuff, along with the, the 90 minute intensive that we do together. And this is super actionable. So you're going to be making some big, big moves. And I am not here to, to keep you comfortable. <laughs> in case you didn't notice on this episode, I am not here to assist you remaining in your comfort zone. If you are ready to get out of your comfort zone, then the 21 day business coaching is for you. Okay. So thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I'm so grateful you took the time and it means the absolute world to me. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me on Instagram over at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with brand new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you. Mm -hmm.